Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're about to listen to an interview which our socios enjoyed in full 12 months ago. If you'd like to listen to these exclusive monthly big interviews on the day that they're released, it's time to join us. That means supporting us. It means the price of a pint per month. Go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Graham Hunter. Go now, join and become a socio. That means you'll get that extra big interview every month. And you'll also unlock our entire archive straight away. All for £2.99 a month. It's the best deal in town, baby. And we need you. Welcome to The Big Interview. I'm Graham Hunter. Welcome to the show. I went back to Derby County's training ground recently to speak to Shea Given. He's part of Frank Lampard's coaching staff, along with Jody Morris. And you can all see for yourselves that things are going well. A talented trio, a talented team. I first met Shea uh, behind the scenes at Michael Carrick's testimonial at Old Trafford, liked him. And the fact that he was a top-class goalkeeper for so many years, for several different clubs, and also played elite international football for Ireland, allied to the fact that he's got an interesting life, is a characterful, funny, articulate man, meant big interview guest. It's a pleasure to be with our guest at the moment. It's a pleasure to be back at your club um, because you've got one of the most uh, sparkling, well-laid-out training grounds in England. We're at Derby County with Shea Given. Shea, thank you for joining us. No problem. Looking forward to this. I've read Any Given Saturday, which I thoroughly recommend to you, not just because it's Shea's book, but because it's damn good. You know, it's honest and funny, and the stories do... Some of the things we try to do here, which is lift the personalities out of football and show you... Not in the one-dimensional way that some of the yeah. media choose to. So any given Saturday, go find it, go buy it, go read it. I, I would contend, from what I've learned in the game, that you don't survive at the elite level you did in an Ashland club-wise for so long, simply on talent. Therefore, tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm going back to growing up because, you know, the, the, the toughening up uh, is a theme that comes up in our podcast a lot when we talk to footballers about how they were treated as junior footballers. Mm. You know, you love your dad and your respect for your dad and what a character he is shines out of the book. But equally, in another anecdote that makes me laugh, but also makes me shiver, when, I don't know if it was Kieran, smashes a hi-fi. Mm. 
Yeah, whoever it was, sorry, Kieran. No, you're right, Kieran. yeah. Kieran, you're right now. Sorry. Good research, Graham. Yeah, well, Kieran, <laughs> I phoned him just. He's still not owned up, actually, in his sweater. What was about? He, he dodged all my calls. Well, I, I said, Kieran, I'm just doing my fact checking here. <laughs> so the hi fi comes in the house and gets broken, right? I mean, that's the basis of the story. I don't know yeah, what right, happens yeah. to it. It came at Christmas. Obviously, Santa Claus brought it, and there was a glass door, you know, the old sort of stacking system, so the CD, the radio, the tape cassette thing, and there was a glass front to it. It's only a couple of things boxing day or the day after and someone smashed the glass, the, the glass thing to keep the dust off and all that. Oh, you can imagine my dad's reaction. He's obviously worked really hard to get the stereo for the whole family and brought us all in sort of shouting and screaming at us and no one would own up. It was literally no one. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was one of them moments. Like that song, Shaggy, it wasn't me. Who broke the stereo? It wasn't me. Anyway, so it got to the point that no one was on up. He goes, right, that's it. Everyone out to the garage. And, like, the weather was to Boxing Day or Freezing 27th, cold. so you can imagine. And we mean the garage. It was an open garage. It wasn't a garage with a door. It was bitter. Like, someone's had pyjamas on. I think Marcus was holding one of the, the babies, actually, who wasn't sent to the garage, obviously, because it wasn't the baby that broke it. And he's like, you can put that baby down as well, because he was trying to rock the baby <laughs> to, to get away from yeah, it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. On the baby, and he's looking after, put that baby down. You're out as well. So we're all standing in the garage for, a, it seemed an eternity, it's probably only 20 minutes, but it was like, right, who's done it? And, and still no one owns up. Nobody broke. And we've still got a WhatsApp group chat, and even now, obviously this time of year, Christmas is not long gone. It's like, right, Kieran, maybe this is the year you want to own up to it. And, and he's like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it wasn't me. <laughs> Again. So the, the concept of omerta, silence or death, <laughs> didn't it originate in Sicily, it originated in Lifford, did it? <laughs> the, the reason I'm asking about that, because... I think it tells beautiful stories about a past that's now um, long ago for you and for me, but surviving in football is hard. Football's a hard game. Mm. I think that, you know, for those who can't lift the lid and they maybe only see the games or the interviews in the flash, they don't know about the the travelling, the tiredness, occasionally in everybody's life, maybe the bullying or the unfairness or Mm. an injury that's brutally badly timed. So to, to be this good this long... Things, experiences like that, and a multitude of others, must have been a root cause of why you've succeeded. Or is that? Am I well, drawing too much yeah, about your no, foundation and your? Core? No, I think most people would 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 say that most people who have been at the top of of their sport, whatever that may be, then they've they've had you know tough times in their life. I think not just growing up, whatever, but you know maybe relationships or like my upbringing was very tough. I lost my mum when I was four to cancer. You know, that was very, very tough. And that, I used that as a strength throughout my career. And also, you know, we mentioned, we, heck of a, we can have a laugh about it now, but, you know, Gallery Spuds, and we actually, at the weekends on a Friday after school, we would go and sell them on an all-day Saturday, knocking everyone's door around, yeah. the fruit and vegetables, knocking the door, and you'd be going to sleep at night and you'd be hearing fruit and vegetables in your head because that's every door you would do that to. Like, and, and I realised how hard a long day's work is. And then, they have the the privilege of playing football, and obviously now I'm a coach with Derby County. But to be still involved in football, I feel that you know, especially when I was playing, was like you know, I need to pinch myself at times because to go from my hands and knees for eight hours a day and not get paid, it wasn't it wasn't paid work we're on. We, we had to do it for to put for the food on the table for our family. It, now to to play football and and dive about you know training great training grounds and, and playing amazing stadiums around the world, not just in the Premier League but around the world and. You know, I'm, I've been very, very lucky. So I'll be, I feel very privileged to have played football. Did it, did it at any stage change your relationship with... Because what I meant was, it, it read to me as if you learned core values, good values. Mm. Tough, yeah, but I wasn't saying, oh, you know, poor you, like how tough it was. But it it's gives you steel and it gives you judgment and it gives you principles, mm. I think. And 
not every kid's got the benefit of those. We, we see that in football. Yeah, it's actually yeah. quite difficult to replicate that if yeah. kids have come into football without that. Yeah, it's difficult because I've got my own kids now, obviously, and, and it's difficult to get that balance, like because mm. you know to get my son to wash my car now would be a bit of a chore in a sense. You know, it'd be not a chore, but he'd want money for it. Or, he might, he might take a, a bit of pocket money or something yeah, or yeah. whatever, and it's like. That's probably the same with young players now because they've, they've sort of, as you, you say, you're at Derby County now, the amazing facilities we have here, the, the, the underage teams have got, you know, five or six pitches up there, we've got an indoor pitch there, we've got the best gym, we've got the best of everything and, and you know, it's difficult to to sort of get the values across maybe what a hard day's work is, but forgetting that a hard day's work, but forget how hard it is to get to the top of their profession. You know, they come in with all the new kit and then everything, new balls, I don't know, just everything is sort of laid on for them in a good way. But then sometimes they might lose out. The other side of the coin is, do they really feel, you know, once they sign that contract, do they sort of sit back and think, you know, now I've made it? But it should be the opposite. It should be, now this is where the work starts. This is where I really have to sit down and, and, and speak to coaches and, and, and whatever, don't know, fitness people, nutritionists, sports science, strength and conditioning, mm-hmm. and really try and be the best that I can be because... You know, life short and, and, and the football career is, is even shorter. You know, the, the career, the, the span of a player, especially an outfield player, goalkeepers like myself probably can go a bit longer, but it's quite a short career and, mm. and they have to make the most of it. It feels to me as if, like, you know, you can't take a devilishly brilliant 25-yard free kick in the top corner unless you practice that 200 times. You can't struggle with the problems that life and football bring to you if you've never struggled. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, practice true. of struggling is really important. Yeah. And I don't mean, like... <clears throat> Struggling like push down, but like I will beat this obstacle. I'll beat this life experience. If things are hard, I'll learn from it and I'll better yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think with my life, as I say, my upbringing and obviously the work and and, and I say lose my mum. That that's the life that I had growing up. So I don't really know anything different. But it was a tough life. It wasn't it wasn't an easy life. And I feel that it's it has stood me in good stead. At that time, as a kid, I was like, I wish I was like made up the road who who you know was on his computer or he's playing whatever or he's got his feet up watching TV but that wasn't the case we we didn't have any choice but I do realise now looking back that that was one of the you know the core values as you say that I took to the next level in, in playing football and, and every day pushing myself to try and be the best every single day mm-hmm. well, To what extent did, did, did you ever look at the, the fans at stages in your club where either fame or wealth or maybe other colleagues can, can draw you away from the fans but that concept knowing what hard day's work is and what forty five quid to come and watch a game is? Mm. Did that stay in your mind, or did, you know, was there a relationship between you having to do the fruit and veg and yeah. whatever as a youngster, and knowing what the, you know the people you're trying to entertain and play for? Mm. Did that relationship stay stronger? I, as I well? don't think that's ever changed for me personally, and I know a lot of players will have changed once they've got into their first team and once they've done well, and they, you know they feel they're above you know the, the normal person on the street, and I've never felt that. You know, I still go to. To the supermarket now and get the, the you know the shopping in for the nappies and baby wipes and food and, and whatever has to be taken in for the house. I don't feel that that someone else should be doing that. That's that's sort of my job as a father, and I don't feel that I'm above. And even when I was playing football, I was the same. I still went to the supermarket and, and got the groceries or whatever. So I, I, that probably comes a little bit green from your, my upbringing. My dad would be you know he would always have the door open for people. The door was never even locked. To be honest, you know everyone was always welcome in our house as well. And and maybe that's an Irish thing that you know everyone's quite quite relaxed and everyone would, would mm-hmm. you know especially where I'm from if you you know you know, people in England wouldn't wave and stuff or say hello walking by if you walk by they wouldn't even say hello to you in the street whereas if in Lifford or, or Donegal for that matter you didn't say hello it would be like a 
what's wrong with him? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, is, is, you know, whereas if you went to London, probably, you know, the people wouldn't, would run over you, nearly, not run over you, but they, would, they wouldn't say hello, do you know what I mean? Well, there's it's a not... great mass report sketch about the reports of a northerner on the loose saying hello to people. Yeah, no. And there's a police advisor, but if somebody approaches you and says hello, <laughs> you sort of, you know, just take a distance. That is <laughs> right. that, isn't it? But, like, I've never lost that concept of people... You know, working hard and, 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 you know, a good fraction of their money is going to go on a, on a match ticket or traveling to an away game or, you know, a few beers or food at the game, whatever they, they, you know, a lot of fans that that's their life and that their football club is their life and people maybe ask for autographs or pictures and I would never, you know, turn that away or turn that down. I would be like, oh yeah, that's the least I can do, you know. Mm-hmm. Life is full of what-ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But take me from take me away from Lifford to a, a term that I'm going to use as if I know it, but I've just learned it today. Uh-huh. Take me to the Velvet Strand, and I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> take me to Port Marnock. Mm. Is there an armed robbery taking place when you're in a, yeah. in a hotel in Port Marnock? Yeah. Can you talk me through that? <laughs> the random, in it? Yeah. It's funny because it's kind of like a split level. So there was the, the reception was, we're in a restaurant, like say we're sitting in here now, and above us was the reception. And there were stairs, just, just you know, people are listening, so they can't really hear. So the stairs up the reception were about, I don't know, 20 yards away from where we were sitting. And there were just, just uh, the whole team was there, the, you know, the staff. we? The Republic of Ireland full international squad was there in management and it was like we just heard like shouting and and, and sort of like quite loud and we just thought oh it must be someone just having a row about something or whatever we didn't know and the next thing we heard a gun go off like literally a shotgun going off 
And we're like, ah, like obviously there's a few, so what the hell's that? People get under tables, people ran out, there's an exit sort of door to the other side of the room to go back down into the main part of the hotel to get away from it and stuff. And it was just so weird because we didn't know if the guy with the gun was going to just show he's come down the step. Literally had a flight of steps to come down and the full international team was there. So it was it was a bit scary to be honest, and, and luckily he just well not luckily I think he just maybe we took some money from the takings and reception and, and shot it was off. Was a full on robbery. It was a full robbery, yeah. For anybody who hasn't been near a shotgun, like mm. it's quite loud, eh? Yeah, it's loud, yeah. You, you heard it, right? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there was no, there's only like a, a level between us, and it was open, sort of. So it was just we heard it, all right. So literally, we we were, we're diving cover a little bit because we realised then that this is not just somebody having an argument this up, isn't up a drill. reception no it's not a fire drill for sure but uh, yeah it was a bit scary and after you know when, when it all calmed down obviously the Gardaí Shia Connor which is the for people who don't know the equivalent of the police in Ireland came out and, and you know the, you could see all the pellet guns in the roof so we shot the gun into the roof of the reception you could see all the people. holes in the, yeah, yeah. they frightened people yeah so definitely done that definitely done the trick who had the quickest heels there was a few gone and then a few people started taking their watches off what if he wants or why you know there's just some mad stuff goes on in your head how your mind works yeah, thinking, maybe he's here for us where, where's the team at because we're, we're just eating at that time maybe he knows you know you think he's done his homework he couldn't get talking about Bruce Willis you know, he's done all yeah, these yeah, different yeah. things yeah, yeah, yeah. he's come to get us so people started taking their watches people started running it was just weird but um, luckily enough he wasn't there for us thankfully now we've had the great good fortune of um, picking off quite a few of that team mm. Robbie Keane's been on this podcast yeah Duffer's been on this podcast, very entertainingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kev Cobain has been on it as well. Um, which of those that I've just named was nearly lost to the sea at Port Manor? <laughs> Did Duffer tell you that story? Well, I, no, there's, still, there's still many people who fear that he wandered off. You know how like, the, Be- the I mean, Beatles fans say when Cartney actually did die in a car crash? Yeah. Right? And it's just, it's been imposter for the last 35 years. Yeah. There are some people who wonder if it's the real Duffer. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's brilliant. We used, to, we used to do that a lot, actually, because we, we stayed in Port Marcus, and for anyone who doesn't know Port Marcus, it's right on the beach, the hotel. It's beautiful, isn't so it? So it's beautiful, yeah, it's beautiful, but you can imagine the sea is, is, is not so warm. It's not like... I'd say cold. It's not next to Barcelona where it's nice and warm, <laughs> but it's really cold, to say the least. But what we used, you know, we were, this is before ice baths and stuff, our ice bath was the sea. So a lot of the times after training, the lads would go in, and Duffer was, was probably one of the best professionals I've ever worked with, to be honest, and he would religiously go in after training every day you know for that recovery to get ready for the game the next day or for another training session but he would go in with the headphones on he would go in with a coat on and, and you know shorts or whatever and, and um, I think some woman was walking her dog along the beach at the time or something and, and she shouted like Duffer and Duffer had music on from and he's turned around he's given ah don't be silly I don't know he didn't really want to listen to her he just kind of it was kind of like he was in his own zone and you can imagine how cold because I've been in there myself how cold it is the last thing you want to do is have any conversation with anyone you're just trying to get in there and, and, get, it and, and get it done get and get out so she's obviously took it all he's, he's gone to like obviously take his own life he's going to end it up yeah he's gone because he's got looks for, she, she can only see you can't see he's got shorts and she can only see up to his waist like and he's got his full clothes on and he's just walking into deeper and deeper into the sea so she's ran off and call, called the local coast guard and next thing, so Duffer's always been, I think we normally done about five, maybe five, ten minutes max in the sea and back up to the hotel, showered and that. And by the time the bleeding Coast Guard came in the helicopter, nobody there. he's nobody there. So that makes it even, he's you think he's gone. Yeah. So up and down the thing, we, for it seemed, must be a good couple of hours looking for him and, and, and then realised, obviously, I don't know how long it took him to realise it was actually Duffer who's tucked up on his bed at this time after a nice warm lunch and he's probably watching a film or something in his bed getting ready for training the next day. pulsing through the muscles know, yeah. ready to rip a defender we, we might even looking out the window thinking I wonder what that helicopter's doing up and down the coast there because it's just outside our hotel I feel just for the record though it's a beautiful anecdote we need to say for anyone who doesn't know him 
he's worth looking for. Who'd offer? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Let's make that. He's one of our best players. Like, so I don't know if the woman realised it was Duffer or, or she couldn't tell, but... Ah, so if it had been somebody else in the squad, she no, might have just me. let them go. If it was me, she would have just, she would have just uh, let me go, yeah. I wasn't fishing for that one, but I hear you. She wouldn't waste the petrol on the it's helicopter. It's the same with us, too. If it was him, <laughs> they'd go in the squad. Wouldn't even have like, <laughs> made the phone call. <laughs> what took you so long? <laughs> yeah. It, it, which gives rise to... Nah, not more serious, but a slightly more difficult question in that... Um, I don't want to be hypocritical. I live life quite fully, mm-hmm. energetically. I feel that the night and day are equal in terms of their importance. Yeah. So I like to go out. Mm. But when you spend the serious part of your profession interviewing footballers, managers, sometimes travelling with them, and in later life in Spain where the doors are more open than the Premier League was, seeing them off the record and doing the things that used to happen in this country between journalists and footballers because it's a little bit more relaxed in Spain. You, you grow up, particularly as, a, as somebody who was born in Scotland, you grow up with this strange idea about what drinks for. And you see, I certainly grew up in an era where, for example, and he's been in this series too, Walter Smith definitely had a Wednesday policy of the team that drinks together, stays together, wins yeah. together. Now... It's not as simple as times have changed in terms of our sports science, what we put in, what yeah. footballers put. Yeah. But given that that has changed so much, and given that I think you've always believed that there's a, a natural boost, a natural boon to a group of elite footballers playing together and having fun together, and then taking some of that onto the training ground and the pitch, how do you maintain the idea, the central idea of that, Without it including alcohol in the modern game, what's mm. the what's the or some it, listen? Yeah. Every football, every rugby player, golf, it doesn't matter. They can drink, mm. but to the extent that we know was the case, yeah, yeah. and that you had fun doing in your career, mm-hmm. and that I do in my life. How do you s- s- suck out the juice of the benefit and not have the physical bodies of the footballers yeah. suffer? It's difficult, I think, in the modern game because, as you say, I think especially in the Premier League, different countries might be different. But the intensity of the game, and even in the championship at the level we're at at the minute, the, the intensity and, and, and the amount of games, like if you look at our fixture list for the next six weeks, you will see every three days near enough we've got a game. So Relentless. Relentless. So, so we're not just talking about performance, we're talking about recovery too. Yeah, that's the big thing, is recovery, especially especially when the games come, some, come so thick and fast. But the other side of the coin is, I, I would say, and I have said in my book, which you've probably read, is... I think there is a time and a place for the group of the players to get together, mm-hmm. have a few beers, unwind, have a have a bite of food, get together, have a bit of crack, you know, and 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 then talk about it and and, and get to know each other. As a sort of looking from the start of my career, for example, for Ireland was when I was nineteen, and that's a long time ago now. But like we would, it would be you weren't allowed to stay, and it wasn't like it was the whole squad. The twenty three men were, were was no one's like, well, I'm not going out. Like, and then. When I finished my career, which isn't that long ago, Ireland, it was like, and this is just the way the whole thing started. No, no one was going out. It was just you were all in the hotel. And the thing I got got of that from a probably because I'm a coach now was there'd be some players in that squad that I never really got to know because yeah. I would just see them on the training pitch. So we go on the training pitch, the bus to the, from the hotel, the training pitch. See them on the training pitch. We'd train and then get back in the bus. Yeah, have a bit of lunch. They go back up to the rooms and then see them again the next day of training. You know. Whereas previous squads or, you know, maybe generations before would be, yeah, we'd train and then we'd have a few beers, we'd get together, we'd have the crack, we'd be playing cards, we'd be, you know, there'd be no real computers going on or like now they're all, I don't know, FIFA and PlayStation and I don't, I'm never into this kind of stuff. But 
you know, instead of having a few beers at the right time, don't get me wrong, I think there's, you, you need to have the, had it at the right time, but yeah. instead of having, having a few beers, now they're all in the room playing Fortnite or, or all got their headphones on playing FIFA and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, then I felt maybe it's time to retire. But it was kind of like, it, it's a shame in one way, but I understand that that's the way the game's gone a little bit. But I still believe and I still think there is, for example, if you didn't play till a Saturday and you met up on the previous Saturday, I still think the Saturday or the Sunday of the previous week would be still a time I believe you could still get the lads together and, and let them let their hair down a little bit to, to get that togetherness. So I think people who, who are fans of the game but maybe don't get inside the game forget that some players can be shy mm. and might not come out of their yeah, room yeah. for reasons other than just playing on a computer yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And I remember Gary Neville talking about in Euro 96, I think Terry Venable's assistant with Ted Buxton, and Gary certainly said that one of the assistants knocked on doors and said, you must come down. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, a, there's some food and there's a couple of glasses of wine, mm-hmm. but um, you have to bond because some of you players don't know this no. guy and some of you are new. You know, I still believe, I mean, you, you, you live in Spain, so I mean, I know a few players who go to Spain the night before a game, there'd be a bottle of wine on the table, yep. or maybe even sometimes pre-match and they'd be encouraged to have a glass of wine. Yeah. You know, before a game, I Pepe Reina has three or four beers religiously the night before a game because that's yeah. his routine, that's what he wants to do and and if you said that in England, they'd be thinking, oh, that, that's scandalous, you can't be doing that. But, you know, I think there's, there's a balance. But a lot of the Mediterraneans, and I'm speaking about myself here, not anybody else, mm. have the word stop yeah. in the vocabulary. Yeah. Now, many Celts, yeah, I can't yeah. speak for the English, don't. Yeah. One means three, three means ten. Yeah. And there were a lot of footballers, certainly when I was growing up, who could do that. Yeah. And therefore, the idea of a couple of beers, like, for example, Fernando Ayero and Ivan Campo, when they moved to Bolton, We'll go out to Harper's in Manchester for a beer the day before the game. Yeah. They both did that for a couple of beers and a chat with the owners and their yeah, friends, yeah. whatever, knowing that if they did that in Spain, they'd have been castigated. Mm. You know, they'd been held up to ridicule, not drinking wine with a meal, but going out to a pub to do for a game, yeah, it just yeah. would have been not the done thing. And in England, they found the balance that you're talking about. Yeah. We can do that, and it's actually quite good for us, and it relaxes us. And mm. So the middle path and balance is obviously yeah. important. I, I accept that. Hopefully you enjoyed that big interview which was first released as an exclusive to our socios 12 months ago. If you'd like to get these interviews on the first day that they're available, it's time for you to join us, to become a socio, and for only £2.99 a month, you will get an exclusive big interview plus regular mini documentaries, not only all ad-free but all featuring me and bringing you interesting, funny and sometimes scandalous things from Spanish football. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter to unlock our entire archive. That means that once you join, you will have a treasure trove of interviews with funny, elite, interesting, revelatory top class footballers. By joining us, you will help support this independent podcast. You will help to keep us on the road interviewing people and sending that content for your delectation. If you go to the gym, you'll be slimmer. If you've got a dog, he or she will thank you. If you've got a TV, you can turn it off and listen to this instead.